0: A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Wisconsin was one of the main attractions for a South Korean feed miller trade team. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Tanner Johnson serves on both the National and State Soybean Association Board of Directors. He works for AB Farms in Dallas, Wisconsin in Barron County. In that role, he helps oversee about 4,500 acres of crops, including soybeans. And he was the host with the most for this recent trade mission. He opened the farm up to seven South Korean feed mill executives so they could see how soybeans are grown firsthand. Tanner tells me what they learned on the farm, but first explains what drew them to Dallas, Wisconsin.
1: I think proximity to MSP Airport and the Minneapolis area had a lot to do with it. Uh, I, I knew they were going to meet with the Minnesota Department of Ag during their time here. And the Twin Cities offers several export markets, you know, right on the river there. So I believe they did some touring of some of the larger players there right on the river. And with my affiliation with the Soybean Association and Andy Benson's, um, he serves on the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. I think uh, we became kind of a candidate just because of our familiarity with the, with the soy family. And having them out was, was a really awesome experience. That was the first time a lot of them got to actually step foot in an actual soybean field.
0: Some of them, yeah, first time in a soybean field, even though they are feed mill executives. What are they looking for? What's their end goal, and and why did they want to take a tour?
1: From what I understand, working with USEC, the United Soy Export Council, I think what they wanted to do was learn more about the soybean meal product that they're importing into their country, to feed primarily broilers and they you know they have a growing middle class, and I think they want to start or I think there's a strong demand to be feeding a um, more superior product. us soy is offering some of the best soybean meal available on the planet. But I think they wanted to come and see just how it is grown. They wanted to see the technology that goes into it and they wanted to see the way we store it, transport it. They wanted to see from start to finish, essentially. And I think in their time here, I believe they just left this morning, but I believe they got to see uh, pretty much the entire process.
0: What was their reaction? What did they want to see? Tell me about kind of how the, the conversation flowed as you walked around the farm.
1: So we were speaking through a translator, which was, which was actually a lot of fun for me because I really love watching and reading body language and as the translator was uh, giving my answers, you, I, I loved watching their eyes light up, or you, you immediately could tell if they had a question, um, so it was a lot of fun. We we knew what each other were feeling, I guess, so it was really fun to see. A lot of their questions were on the growing seasons that we have, and then the handling of our crop after it's harvested. Uh, I, I would say over half our conversation focused on those two topics, as well as sustainability. When I discussed the uh, 30 plus years of no-till on the farm and the introduction of cover crops and the reduction of pesticides and fertilizers through precision farming and um, other environmental practices like that. You could tell they really, really, really appreciated knowing that we care about not throwing everything in the world and the kitchen sink at our crop. And and they really appreciated that. They loved seeing the grain bin storage setup. Um, I don't think they understood the scale of just what an individual farm would have. We have uh, a a little over three-quarters of a million bushel of storage on the farm here, and I think they really appreciated seeing the degree of detail that we have in, in order to keeping the product at a comfortable temperature and moisture and everything like that and keeping everything at a high quality.
0: So it sounds like our international customers are also thinking about sustainability. Is that going to be a factor in whether they purchase more U.S. soybean product?
1: I'm going to speculate because I didn't ask them outright, but I would think so. There is overwhelming pressure from the consumers right, to make sure that we're leaving the earth a better place. And I don't think that's just in America. I think that's a global thing, and especially or, or even in South Korea and in other Asian countries. The soybeans we grow on, on Andy's farm are primarily for food-grade consumption, and they're exported to Southeast Asia. So it kind of hit home for them that they knew our products were, were going over there specifically. The other thing that I think they're going to really start to care about is maybe some carbon markets as more demand for becoming carbon net neutral or having reducing your carbon footprint becomes more popular and an expectation or that becomes an expectation from the consumer. I think these uh, businesses in South Korea and all over the world are going really to really start paying attention to that so seeing that we are already light years ahead in terms of sustainability and conservation practice, I think that doesn't go a long way.
0: Anything else that you saw on their face surprised them or that they learned Well, in Wisconsin?
1: The other thing that I think surprised them was that, you know, they're, they're business people. And we were, I was very open in talking about the, you know, the profitability and, and uh, financials of the farm. And I think that was something that might've been a, a little bit of a culture shock. I think they were used to, Perhaps more of a private uh, dealing when it comes to discussing financials. So we, you know, farmers—it's it's they are not a nonprofit. We have to make a make a living to, to keep doing this. And I, or what we say on the farm is the first step to sustainability is profitability. I shared that with them, and I think they were very pleasantly surprised that that we did, or I was sharing information like that.
0: Tanner, did you learn anything when they came to visit?
1: You know, I didn't know what to expect. I, I understood they were were um, involved in the feed mill businesses and stuff like that, but I didn't understand that their their experience level with the actual farming of the soybeans, I didn't understand where that was at. So I I more or less expected them to nod along and underst- understand exactly how we're growing our crop. They just more or less just wanted to see the quality of it. But they, they did a lot of learning just from the basics of it, how it's planted, um, what growth stage it is, Really funny thing is they kind of took like they had like a betting pool on the way over. I was told of uh, of how tall the soybeans would be because they didn't know they didn't know where we were at in our growing season. And some people guessed they would be over three feet tall. Some people guessed that they'd only be a couple inches. And our soybeans are about two to three inches tall right now. So when they asked me how tall they were when they first arrived at the farm, you could tell the the gentleman who won the bet, quote unquote, he like almost jumped for joy because he he won. So it was it was fun to see. The demographic of the of the people that were there, I mean, there were some fairly young employees of of uh, larger companies there, and then there were some more senior senior advisors and CEOs, and um, it, was, it was a really good mix. And you could tell generational differences, just like you know, with with Andy Benson being in his sixties and me in my twenties. There's challenges and opportunities with that, and you could see you could kind of visualize the demographic there and see how the different age groups had a different different line of questioning. And that was a lot of fun to, to relate to as a younger person who, who works with um, more senior farmers all the time.
0: So with your soybean association hat on, Tanner, does the United States, or maybe we can zoom into the upper Midwest, are we looking for new buyers for soybean meal? And do we have the capacity to send to Korea?
1: Yes. From what I understand, South Korea is one of our growing customers for soybean meal. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I learned quite a bit about the the soybean meal industry. I, you know, as a as a relatively newcomer to the association, I'm 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 not the world's leading expert in soybean meal. But from what I understand, yes, the United States has quite a bit more capacity to do it. There's a demand for for oil from the crush side of things as well. But I think we're going to be able to keep up really well, and we're and U.S. Soy is in a really good position to to become the lead exporter of soybean meal, oil, et cetera. So. think we're in a really good position. So yes, we do have capacity.
0: That's Tanner Johnson. He serves on both the National and State Soybean Association's Board of Directors. He works for AB Farms in Dallas, Wisconsin, up in Barron County. And in that role, he helps oversee about 4,500 acres. He just got done hosting seven South Korean feed mill executives so that they could see how soybeans are grown firsthand. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.